Thanks for listening to Remake Rewind, the podcast where side of remakes and reboots should have happened. I'm Mike, as always, and with me, I've got my two co-hosts. I've got Double D. What's up, Double D? Yo, Mike. And I've got Alex. What's up, Alex? Yo, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex. So today we are talking about a uh, the first of our of th- I think we're doing three Halloween specials this year. Uh, we already know what they're going to do. So this first one's going to be it. It Stephen it. King's it. <clears throat> Stephen King's It, and we're doing the miniseries, as well as both parts one and part two of the uh, of the new live action cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. We're doing a lot of work for you guys here. <laughs> hey, this still isn't anywhere near as much content as when we did the Punisher. That was a lot of Punisher. That was eighteen hours of poning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, we did the it. entire first season and all three movies. That was work. Godzilla must have been long, too. No, we only did four Godzilla movies. That was a lot. That was the first episode. But anyway, we're not talking about those things. We're talking about the Stephen King classic, It. And uh, what are you guys' relationship with It? Have you guys seen the miniseries before? No, never. I've only seen the new one. What about you, Alex? Uh, Similar. Like, I've seen scenes, but I've never watched the whole entirety of it. Yeah, I'm the same thing. I've seen scenes online and clips, you know on YouTube videos and I've seen gifts and of course, you know, everybody knows Tim Curry's portrayal as Pennywise, but yeah, I've never actually watched the entire thing. I've, I've already seen uh, chap it chapter two. And uh, of course I saw the first it movie in 2016 uh, or no, sorry, 20, did it come out in 2017 or 2016? 2017. Uh, saw that when it came out in theaters. And uh, of course we went through and watched these again. I've also read the book. Have you guys read the book before? No, no, I started the audiobook, but I never finished. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I listened to the audiobook. I didn't actually read it, but uh, nice. Oh God, <laughs> it, I just got to say before we get into the movies, I'm not gonna you know spend a ton of time on the books, but I will bring up some stuff. Um, the book is rough. It's it's fucking disturbing. It's graphic. It's violent. It's complete. It, it's just a fucked up book, and uh. The movies are pretty fucked up. I, I, I think this might be an episode where we might want to do a trigger warning for, you know, sexual assault, violence, domestic violence, and whatnot. Because this, the Stephen King books are fucking dark. And it is by far one of his darkest, most more fucked up books. So if you have any weird trigger warnings or anything like that, just don't, don't get triggered. Just don't listen to the episode. We yeah, understand. We won't hold anybody, against you. get mad at Mike. <laughs> yeah. Not us. Not Steve. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm ready to start talking about the movies. Uh, we're going to start talking about the 1990 miniseries. Who's got a synopsis for me? This one's from Blake. In 1960, a group of social outcasts who were bullied by a gang of greasers led by Henry Bowers are also tormented by an evil demon who can shapeshift into a clown and feed on children's fears and kill them. After defeating the demonic clown as kids, it resurfaces 30 years later and they must finish it off as adults once again. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Thanks, Blake. Yep, thanks, Blake. Blake. The, the one thing I thought that was kind of weird was the uh, the opening credits, because this was a TV series, it says special appearance by Tim <laughs> yeah. Curry. Like, he's not the titular it. Like, he's he in it a lot. He shows up in, like, the first two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and he's in it consistently, and even in scenes where you don't physically see him, his voice Blackin'. is in the movie. Quite a bit. It's weird that it's a special appearance and not, you know, guest, at least guest starring or starring Tim Curry. And they, they had to, like, really push to get Tim Curry to do this movie um, or series because he had come, just come off of doing um, Legend and he was the darkness, which was a ton of prosthetics. And he didn't want to do prosthetics. Mm. So they really had to sell him on this movie. And. I mean, he's he is iconic in the role. Everybody knows Tim Curry in this role, and everybody still like a lot of people are legitimately terrified of clowns because of Tim Curry. Yeah, I really preferred this it Pennywise, this Pennywise to the newer Pennywise. Really? Is it why is that? I mean, just like the the interactions he has with the kids and the adults, I think were, I think. 
I enjoyed more so than in the new one. I think interesting. That, yeah, I mean, we'll go over it when we get the new yeah. one. Yeah. I, I, I like actually, this one a lot, the interactions between them. I'm torn, and this is going to be one of those ones where we go back to the original, I think, a lot once we we start talk, dissecting the second portion. So I think we'll probably go through this fairly quickly and then go back to it a lot mm. because I'm really torn. As somebody who's read the book, uh, it's both movies, I'd say, are very... They, they, they definitely honor the source material in different ways, and I think each version is better in their own ways. But I also think both of them have some major flaws as well. Well, I'll agree with that. Uh, I mean, just to expand on what I was saying, I enjoyed the interactions they had like when he was just scaring them, but I think the like the actual scary scenes that were supposed to be scary and stuff, I think the newer ones did that better. Right, and that comes with you know being a multi-million budget. Right, right. You know, well, also going like because like, it's a mini series too, so there's like limitations what they can do with the show. Well, there's and then this movie, like this mini series, was iconic at the time. It was like the biggest thing like ever on TV outside of like Super Bowls and stuff like that. It, it's so hard not to like saying it all the time feels <laughs> weird because that's the name of the <laughs> the material. But this movie broke records. It really pressed the envelope for what was allowed on TV because this miniseries is super bloody like super super bloody um like the blood coming out of the the oh, photo books the blood coming out of the sink <laughs> all that different stuff like this much blood hadn't been on tv before so they really had to fight to get this on the air on network television like this aired on abc mm. so it's a big deal and honestly like it's three hours it's just over three hours long which is crazy because the whole movie that covers the whole book is only 20 minutes longer than it chapter two which is insane so the second half of the cinematic version is almost as long as this entire miniseries which covers the whole thing uh so what what, what are some highlights for in this for you guys tim curry yeah tim curry, <laughs> tim, tim tim curry. curry would be great. seth green uh, oh yeah dude i love seth green the child character yeah I he so it. he played he played richie tozier uh, the thing that I think is funny, and I, I was watching uh, Without a Paddle the other day, <laughs> and then I was watching something else. Oh, and then Katrina and I watched uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, and he's in it. And then randomly I watched something else, and Seth Green was in it, because there was a period of time where he was in, like, everything. He has looked exactly the same for, like, 20 years. Yeah, he barely grew <laughs> Like, when he... So in this movie, he was 16 years old, playing a 12-year-old. And he looks pretty much the same as he did in like Austin Powers. Hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Just like, looks less like, tired. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks almost the same. He just has a flat top. Yeah, <laughs> which fit him. Fit yeah, him it did. Well. I I think now I I love Seth Green. I think he's a very underrated actor. I wish he was in more things. I really th- I thought he was honestly probably the strongest thing in the movie. Beep beep Richie. Beep beep, <laughs> motherfucker. But I, I, thought, I guess in the book it, that's supposed to tell him to shut up. Shut but up. They were just using it like a greeting. Yeah, in the book, Richie Tozier's super annoying, and he does a lot of like racist accents. So he has like a racist, oh, racist Irish accent. He has like a racist, um, like Mexican accent, and he is super annoying. And he like never shuts up. So yeah, that's the way of saying like, shut the fuck up, bro. Uh, I think he's by far the best, and I think the first half of this movie, of the kids, is yeah. far better than the second half. Yeah. Because the second half, the like the child actors are way better than the adults. Like the adults, I'm just gonna say, were terrible. <laughs> I feel like they fit a TV movie. Like you know the, I mean? the problem like, is, I feel like it, the kids were better actors though. And you have, yeah. to, have to look at it. So it's what is it? Jonathan Landis is that his name? The kid who played Young Bill. Uh Young Bill. Uh-huh. Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis, Brandis, not Landis. Uh, Jonathan Brandis, he played um, the same year he played Bastion in Neverending Story Part 2. Uh, a few years later, he was in The Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, and then, uh, believe it or not, he died the same year as John John Ritter in 2003. Uh, Ouch. Yeah, he killed himself, unfortunately, at the age of 27. So that's unfortunate. Uh, but he's okay. I think he was better than the adult Bill. Yeah. Seth Green was the great. Stan guy, like, there's like scenes where they show like, oh, the kids do something, and their adult counterpart does it. So Stan, as a kid, he would like rub his ear, and it looked all right. But when I seen like the adult Stan rubbing his ear, I'm like, the fuck you doing? Like, it's, it's just so unnatural. Well, it, yeah. Speaking of the adult Stan, there's something in this movie that makes no sense, 
and they get it right in the in in the cinematic version and then it's this which is the way it's in the book is there's stan stan kills himself and that's fairly early in the book and this it's pretty much like the opening of the second half of the the miniseries movie thing uh but he later on the losers are like hanging out somewhere and they open a refrigerator because they want to have a drink and they see stan's head but it's the adult Stan's head, who they've never met before. They wouldn't ex- know exactly yeah, who that open, is. As soon as they open it, Stan. <laughs> yeah, there's just no one. Like, oh, it, it should have been the in the in the book. It's the kid. Like it's the they they that see their sense. childhood friend. Uh-huh. Uh, because yeah, they wouldn't know what he looks like. But you know, I I digress. They wanted to give the adult actor something to do, I guess. Well, I guess um, also it'd be die. rough to show like a kid's head in the TV show. That's true. That's true. So the thing about this, which I think is hard. And to to justify this movie, well, no, I don't want to say justify this movie, because I hadn't seen it and I had seen the cinematic ones first. The and I can tell you going into the it chapter two, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as part one because I think I think I went into it thinking it was going to be way gnarlier because I you know there was a once upon a time I wanted to be a pediatrician. I used to teach kids how to swim. I taught you know, math at an elementary school for my internship when I was at UC Davis. So I, you know, I'm kids. I I really don't like seeing kids get hurt in movies. And I, you know, when, when I, when a kid's in pain, it's the worst thing in the world to me. And the first cinematic it movie is super gnarly. Like you see kids getting hurt and you see like kids getting their arms bitten off. So this almost seemed comical because every time somebody dies, it just like fades to black Mm. kind of thing. So it was like, and once again, it's for TV, but I didn't find this scary at all. I like I found it kind of laughable, and I don't know. I guess the question I want to ask is, do you guys think that in the 90s this was good, or was it just the best that it could have been? Like, was it bad in the 90s that it was just as good as it possibly could have been, or is this just bad in retrospect because it's dated? Um, I mean, I think it has a lot to do that it is a TV movie, right? Because like, you have, what, RoboCop, which is super bloody and sometimes scary, around what two years earlier than that and right yeah I, I think they could have done better but i think they were limited by being a television yeah, like the evil dead came out before this and it's like way more gory and intense right well and the thing that's weird and once again that's because you can show things things in the theater that you can't on tv right. but then there were also things about this mo- this mini series that were very cinematic like there were some very long takes yeah which was, is not something you normally do in out. tv well i like long takes are really hard there's one that's actually really impressive towards the end of the first half when they go to fight pennywise in the sewer the first time uh they all get in a circle to try to like strengthen each other's resolves and bill sees georgie and then um bev sees her dad and then a werewolf comes and grabs richie and that's all a single take and they would you know zoom they would rotate so what they would do is they would rotate the camera and then the child actor who playing georgie would leave and then the adult actor playing the dad would pop in and then they would zoom back in and they kept moving, but it was like one long take. And when you're dealing with child actors, like it's actually a pretty impressive film. Like it's pretty impressive, you know, to do to that on something. Like, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we talked about long takes when we covered Old Boy. And, of course, you know, Daredevil is super famous because every season has, a, you know, a super long take fight scene. They're incredibly difficult and they take a lot of planning. And I, I thought, you know, I was really impressed with this. And I thought, man, the guy who directed this must have gone on to do some great things. He didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he made some pretty god-awful films. And he did a lot of TV stuff. But hasn't really done anything since, like, 2004. So I, I thought for sure this guy would have gone on and done some really big things with how iconic this was. And he really did it. He did one episode of Baywatch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some highlights in the movie for you anything from like plot points or action beats do you guys kind of want to go over um i want to talk about henry bowers and why he was such a dick dude and the thing this henry bowers is the tamest of the three between the two <laughs> versions that we're going to cover in the book yeah like what's funny is like the, apparently the actor who played Henry Bowers nice. in this it was super nice like he had yeah. to say the n-word and apparently he like couldn't do it and the director had to like it's fine do it and so he apologized to the kid who played Mike Hamlin um, every take. Bef- bef- yeah every take because he just he couldn't he it was just he couldn't do it he was such a sweetheart but like Henry Bowers in the book is a monster 
And like in this, he's bad. Like he goes to carve his name in Ben's belly, but in the book, like he like literally wants to kill everybody as a child. He kills his father. He doesn't he kill. There's a point where he or something like that. He well. He doesn't kill anyone's dog. Um, his father killed. Oh no, no, he does. He kills Mike Hamlin's dog in the book, and then uh, like Mike, his dad killed Mike Hamlin's family's chickens because um, he's a racist. So like Henry Bowers is racist. He's a bigot. Like to the point where like his friends hide stuff. Like there's a scene in the book where like his two friends like jerk each other off in a like a <laughs> dump. Like no, I'm like not even kidding. Like that happens. Um, the, the, both movies are super like mellow when it comes to like the book, like part of the, and they, they made this even more mellow than in the movie, but like once they decide to go, they make that agreement, like, Hey, if we, we think we killed it, but if it ever comes back, like we need to come back and, you know, do it again. Um, in the book, they, they do like a, a blood brothers thing where they all cut their hands and whatnot, but Bev for some reason sleeps as a 12 year old with every single boy. And they don't do that either. And this, in the in the movie, they do like the blood ceremony. In this, they just like, hey, uh, just 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 promise me you'll come back. Just it's fine. Just just say you're gonna. Come I back. love you guys. <laughs> I love you promised. Guys. Do you remember your promise? <laughs> so one of the things I thought was kind of funny, I thought Bill was a dick in this movie. Oh, he was. Like when he at the beginning of the movie, you see a little girl get attacked by Pennywise. <laughs> Mike Hamlin shows up and then he finds a picture of Georgie and he decides to call everybody. So when he calls Bill, he go, he just like picks up the phone and Bill's like, do I know you? <laughs> he doesn't even say, like he picks up the phone. And He's like, Mike is like, Bill, do I know you? <laughs> and then you like, remember? it's Mike. I'm sorry. And like, like, what? And then like later on as in a, when they when he actually makes it to Derry, he shows up and to Mike's house and he goes, isn't this like the poor neighborhood? And Mike, or this used to be the poor neighborhood. And Mike's like, yeah, it still is. But uh, I'm a bachelor, so I don't need much. And the house is paid off. And then you walk into the house and it's a pretty nice house. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. For one guy, it's like, fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Fucking one percenter. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Isn't, he's, uh, isn't it basically Stephen King, though? Like it's a... Yeah. Stephen King always puts a Stephen King character in, in the books. Um this one particularly in the ni- in 1990s, Stephen King had a ponytail at this time, and this Bill had a ponytail. <laughs> Bill's bald in the books. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he's bald. He's like balding in the books. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting in this, and once again, it's it's kind of hard to talk about these movies without talking about the other ones. Is it it almost seems like like Bill's supposed to be the is the hero and the leader, but it kind of seems like as kids, Richie was. I mean, Richie definitely, I think built more confidence in the kids um right and he was also just right away like this isn't real like he, he tells bill like hey this isn't real and then bill has to like shake himself out of it when they're all together and then beverly this isn't real like nothing's there and then the werewolf comes to him and he's just like i said this isn't real yeah. and, and it, which is weird because as an adult he was the one that was kind of like the biggest bitch like wanting to leave all the time yeah. like eddie was scared but he kind of was like too scared to like leave he just was a follower but like richie wanted to go but he was still kind of like commanding like it wasn't until like bill never stepped up and was the leader until everybody like everybody was gonna leave and he's just like well i'm gonna go down there by myself and you know i hope you guys come and then they all did but i never felt like bill was the leader and he's supposed to be no i felt like ben actually was a little bit more of a leader than bill was at certain points, but Bill almost killed himself at the beginning of the movie, which is a little strange. You mean Ben? Or yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben was going to jump off of a building. Off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like how I they think... called him Fat Boy, and he was just chubby. I mean, but you also have to look at it like in the '60s. Like yeah. fat back then is a little bit different because they didn't have processed food. Like for the '60s, he was pretty fat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, comparatively so, to everyone else, he yeah. was. But uh, I, I think I kind of want to talk about the special effects in this movie. Because certain things looked like Pennywise looked great, like he looked fine. Um, the blood coming out of the book was fine, but there were certain things that, that were the just the blood was a little too thick. But they did okay with it. They, well, and it was inconsistent. Like there were some scenes where it was like just super red, and other scenes where it was dark, like blood. Yeah. Uh, the shower scene. Some was of the things right. were. Int- I like the one? shower scene. Yeah, that was like this. Was that that claymation weird, or what it was, was like that? weird stop motion claymation as he like climbed out of the drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they did some like stop motion stuff for the spider and. I'm oh, confused God. because people like make fun of that. The spider? But 
the spider, but I think it actually looks pretty rad for like 1990. Uh, that stop motion animatronic thing, like it doesn't look any worse than some of the things that you would see like in Evil Dead. Uh, I don't like think it looked yeah. bad for what it was. I just thought it was dumb. That's what it is in the book. <laughs> I know it's just dumb. I, I now the problem is that one of the things that neither movie does is they it is actually a interdimensional being and they don't go into that at all like at all in this like we don't in this version we don't know what it is like we don't get any kind of history on it other than going back maybe about 100 years there's a point where mike hamlin's giving a report and he goes you know 30 years ago there was a fire at at the at the bar and then 30 years before that there was an explosion at the steel mill Mm. and that's about it in The newer one, which we'll get into, like they go into saying, I get, you know, it's been here for, you know, thousands of years or something like that. But in the book, like it's literally got there like before life even existed on Earth. And it was just like in slumber until life started coming. And it's been around for as long as life has been on Earth. But then there's like a counterpoint. So it's like an evil being, but there's a a good being called the turtle, which actually kind of guides. What the fuck? Yeah. There's like an evil, like, so there's like a, a good being called the turtle. And then there's like, I think it's called like gone or something like that, which is like almost like their father. It's like the supreme being. And part of what has to happen is when it is slumbering on earth, it is actually kind of doing battle with these other two beings in other dimensions. Like it's super weird. Like even though it dies on earth, uh, Pennywise is also called like Mr. Gray. He shows up in like the dark um, tower series and he shows up in um, Dreamcatcher um, as Mr. Gray kind of thing. So it's like the characters never really dead because it exists in multiple planes but anyway like we don't get that in either version so like this is it it literally is just a monster and they defeat it pretty easy by the end yeah they just like kick it yeah and what i don't (laughs) get and i don't and this goes for both versions um he kills georgie very easily like he talks to georgie and he ends up you know just biting his arm and everything and you don't see it and then you, he got the girl pretty easily, and he just straight up kills two out of the three people in Henry Bauer's gang, like nothing. Like he just like looks at them and they're dead. Right. I don't understand why, and I don't. This goes in the book in both versions. Why Pennywise could not take on these children individually? Well, I think they tried to address it with like all all the kids saying fear? when we come together, it was something different. Right. Yeah, when we come together, too, right? but I'm saying like. When was it Eddie in the sh- was it Eddie in the shower? He was by himself. Yeah. Why well, he couldn't didn't even it get near him? him. He, well, right. he was in the drain. And was... you know he he grabbed Richie as the werewolf. Why didn't he get him? Yeah, when... there were there were a lot of opportunities to come. Right. That he, he and then even in down. it when they are fighting him at the end of the first half, you know they they're all like doing their little thing like this is you know this isn't real. And then Eddie like sprays him in the face with the inhaler. Like this is battery acid. <laughs> and, like melts his face. Like they're doing that. And then they, they set up Stanley. Like he, even though he's the most timid to be that he's the f- first one to be able to defeat it. So as a kid in uh, one of the, like they do this after the fact, like after Stan has already been killed and it's, it's like two thirds through the second half, they do a flashback with Stan and they talk about how he saw, um, Pennywise as a mummy in this house and he's just started naming off all the birds that he knows and it kind of like because he wasn't afraid because he wasn't focusing on his fear he was able to get away that I get but he was doing the same thing when they were in the circle and it didn't work Pennywise was able to overcome that and just grab him and he was gonna eat him and then he just like he takes forever like instead of just eating him he had to do this little like I'm Pennywise. I I live off your fear. I'm the destroyer of worlds and whatever. Instead of just you know, and then he like opens his mouth and he's just like, <laughs> like taking like five seconds to like move towards him and then Bev's able to shoot him in the face with the the least aerodynamic thing that you would shoot out of a slingshot. <laughs> like there's literally just like these lumps like, of oh, silver. I don't get it. I didn't understand that at all. But they defeat him and then Stan like I just don't understand how they set up Stan saying like he's the he was the first person to realize how to defeat him but then like it only works the one time yeah and that's that I think it's an issue in all of them it, it comes down to like being 
they hear you know the heroes that you know they have plot armor but when they go to actually fight him as an as adults uh there's a point where it's like it's a giant spider and it's able to pick up and throw eddie around wait wait how did eddie die he got squished i guess and then dropped yeah good all right i guess i don't know but yeah this he he fell and he was still alive there was no blood anywhere it's all internal bro (laughs) and then he died (laughs) But yeah, he dies, and then they they're just like they just decide to rally, and they literally just like ram the guy the thing, and he falls over, and they just keep like, <laughs> just kicking the shit out of it, and it's like that's it. And they pull his heart out. Don't forget yeah. that <laughs> to get the dead deadlights. Yeah, okay, uh, that made sense. Ah uh, man, like, and then I'm torn on Audra. Right. Well, and that's the thing that's weird, and like that's a thing that this movie does. Like there are a lot of things that are in this movie or miniseries that are not in the contemporary version and like if this follows the book a lot more like the 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 first half of the newer stuff i think is fairly accurate they change some of the monsters that you know pennywise comes as but the second half is just a completely different it's a it completely departs from the 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 source material this is fairly this is as good as you can possibly do for 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 broadcast television Mm. But there are some weird things, like I brought up the, the having the adult Stan's head versus having the kid's head. Um, yeah. But the, I think they did a pretty good job with the, the flashbacks and taking making the flashbacks in the childhood come and be relevant when they're adults at key plot points. Like, I think they did a really great job with the back and forth. And I think they did a good job with the creepiness in terms of, like, only they could see these things. And I was actually really impressed with the Chinese food scene. With the the fortune cookies, <laughs> yeah. like, like that eyeball looked really good, and the like the one that was kind of like hopping around, and the, the one that bird. had the bug, yeah, claw. like they that was creepy. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then like let's see, I don't think uh, the Audra stuff in Dairy helped with anything. Well, and the thing is, it the whole thing is it's because it was half-assed done. In the book, she's super supportive. She leaves like literally right after he does, like a few hours after he leaves. Yeah, and she is trying to save him, and then Pennywise catches her as like bait. But then the other thing that goes on is like Bev's husband was supposed to follow them as well, and he's like a second person. Like Pennywise, kind of like not only does he kind of possess Henry Bowers, he also kind of possesses Bev's husband, and that that doesn't come like it was. Just, it didn't really wasn't really necessary for Audra. I don't think she really brought anything to it. Right. Because if he if he knew, because I think in the book he knew that Audra got taken beforehand, and And so that was another reason why he had to go down. The bike scene at the end. Well, then that's in the book. (laughs) Like that's actually in the book. Let me wake you up in the movie. By like dangerously riding down this hill. (laughs) She wasn't in a coma. She was catatonic. (laughs) That's what helps Stanley. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, I just. I was totally on board with this the first half, but with the adults were so bad. Like, Bill was awful. The actor who played Bill was terrible, and like his stutter was really bad. Way like, it just top. wasn't. Yeah, and then like I really didn't like. I the, what was with that weird subplot that Eddie's never had sex? Like, I don't understand I don't why that it was, was relevant. Like, not relevant at all. <laughs> no, and it and it came out of I've never nowhere. Found anyone I truly loved. <laughs> and then, like, Annette O'Toole's not a bad actress. Like, she plays the mom in Smallville. She yeah, was Lana yeah. Lane in um the superman movies and she's really bad in this and then I, like i think john ritter and the guy who played uh, adult richie were the best and like john ritter was not really a good actor if john ritter is one of the best actors in something like there's an issue <laughs> and like there's like there's a scene when uh, let me see i'm trying to find it in my notes oh yeah so netto tool plays bev and like there's a point when she's after they kill Henry that they, and they decide to just leave Henry in the hotel room, yeah. which is super weird. <laughs> but, and then they just bring Mike to the hospital and say he fell on a knife while he was dancing on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Bev says something like, why is it doing this? Why is it so mean? <laughs> like it's just like, it's so bad and so over the top. And like, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of I, like I don't, I don't get what it. I notice is like a lot of the characters and the kid actors too, but they like to like convey stuff like off in a distance. So they'll like look off in a distance and they're like, 
I forgot what the Harry Bauer said, but he's like, he just looks off. He's like, he says something and he's like, he turns back to his boys and he's like, all right, let's go get him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what era am I watching this in? Like, why are you emoting to nothing? It, it, it takes you out of the, of the TV show for those moments. Cause like Clark Kent's mom does it too. Right before the, <laughs> the Henry Bauer scene, the Henry scene with the, and the adult. Yeah. One thing I got to say that this movie does well, and I think we should start wrapping this one up because we're definitely going to go, like, we really haven't talked about, like, the Pennywise portrayal, but I think we will talk a little bit more about that once we talk about the newer Pennywise. Uh, I think this movie did a great job of kind of setting up a destiny, um, which is is something that's big in the Stephen King books. Uh, But they keep talking about how, you know, he find you know, Mike Hamlin finds the picture of Georgie and it's like, no, it is time. Like he's, it is basically saying like, it's now or never, we need to address this. And then you know, later on, there's a scene where he find he, he has silver bills bike. And he talks about how he found the bike in the pawn shop, but three months prior on a whim, he bought an inner tube for the, um, for the bike because it had a flat wheel, you know, a flat tire. And then, at one, you know, in one of the flashbacks when they're going through and practicing with the slingshot, and this is in the book. Like in the book, you know, they all the boys are just like not good at it, and she hits every single one. They're like, oh, it's like she was meant to do it, and then it, it's like it, it sets up this whole thing. Like it's only them that can do it. And I think that's something that I thought was interesting, and they do it in the newer version, but I, to a lesser extent, they almost set up like a final destination type thing in the newer one and we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I, I think we can kind of move on to the next one because at this point I think uh, th- there's a lot of stuff I still want to talk about this one, but I think it's really just, we need to talk about the new one and then just compare and contrast. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I agree. Uh, this one was a little tricky cause it, it was two parts. So two parts that we, we wanted to cover this back, you know, two years ago, but we didn't really think it made sense when this, uh, ended up being only the childhood portion of the movie. So mm-hmm. we had to wait a full two years to be able to cover the uh, Stephen King classic. It, and uh, I think it was worth the wait. I'm glad we didn't cover it when it was only half the movie. And I'm ready to talk about it. Who's going to summarize it? That would be me. Wait, uh, wait are uh, we doing two summaries? No, just one summary. Uh, oh, I guess this is kind of tricky. Uh, just summarize <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in the summer of 1989, a group of bully kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster, with disguise well, which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. And that's from Armitra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. you're gonna summarize the second part too. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it's the same thing, but they just do it as adults. Yeah, yeah. What Mike said. <laughs> Uh, so the the summary for the second one. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. Yarp. Yep. So, did you, prior to this episode, have you guys seen part one already? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you always went and saw part two, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay, good, good. All right. <laughs> Double D's been kind of having the donkey brains lately, so I was kind of worried he might not have actually gone and seen it. I saw it today. Good. It's good. fresh. I, uh, I've seen the second part twice already. I saw it like opening weekend, and then I saw it again uh, yesterday. So I have now seen this thing twice. I've put in, let's see, it's it's a little over seven hours of content overall, but then I did it one of the movies twice. So that's I put in like 10 hours of content for this episode. So, hmm. And I've read the book, so I'm pretty much a Stephen King You mean you, mean you listened to the book? the same thing i read it with my ears <laughs> it's not a thing. i read parts of it i have it on on a he, kindle as he well glanced the title i have been read with like times. whisper sync or whatever it's called <laughs> where the audiobook catches up with whatever you've read okay <laughs> you, okay. you bitch <laughs> yeah bitch anyway what uh, what are some highlights in these two movies for a i think it's gonna be easier to talk about it as one giant movie versus talking about it in two segments i thought it was a little different from movie to movie though i mean i i felt like the the second one was much funnier <laughs> yeah the tone drastically was different and it's the same team that's the only thing that kind of bothered me about part two yeah was it the same I, writers I, also i thought yes yeah, i think oh, so wow. uh 
and even if it wasn't the same writers, like when you have a two and a half hour movie and it's a horror movie, like match the tone. Like it it is a little weird. And I I do have to give them props just right off the bat. That movie is two hours and 50 minutes. It's damn near three hours. And it does not feel that way. Even once I watched it the second time, it didn't feel like it was almost three hours long. It, the pacing in that movie is incredible. It didn't drag, Uh, but I do feel, I did feel like it was a long movie. I, well, I felt, felt the, the adult set. There was some. Ad- <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? I stopped listening because you're an idiot. Uh, I said, I don't know how that's relevant. Because <laughs> you have a short attention span, so it seemed longer because you didn't understand it. Because you're an I, idiot. I, th- All right, whatever. Th- there's, you bitch. <laughs> there's sections of the adults that I didn't care much about compared to like the kids. I felt like the kids were actually had better chemistry compared to... Yeah, I thought so too. See, what, what I think is interesting is... And I, I agree with you to an extent, but I also think that could be slightly on purpose because the adults aren't supposed to really know each other or remember each other, and they're kind of starting to remember each other as it goes along. And I think the two that needed to have the chemistry the most would have been Richie and Eddie. But yeah, I do, I do think those two worked very well together with Bill Hader. And honestly, I feel terrible. I don't remember any... I don't know the guy who played Eddie's name. And I don't know the guy who plays Stan's name. Because uh, they're not famous like the other three are. <laughs> <laughs> True. You got Professor X. You've got who's, Jessica Chastain, who ben? was in a really yeah. shitty X-Men movie. And then you had Jessica Ben. Chastain. I don't know Ben's... Oh, I forgot about Ben. I don't know his name either. I think he's an Australian actor for, who was on Neighbors, which is what every Australian actor right. is from. And then... You had uh, Isaiah Mustafa, who was the uh, one of the old Spice Men, played Mike Hamblin. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it is. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I I do have to say the casting of the adults is incredible. Like they did. I've a great never job seen grown up kids version. to adults that looked so good. Like the guy who plays Eddie, spot on. Like he <laughs> looks exactly like that kid, yeah. just older. Same thing. I I th- Bill Hader looks close enough, uh, but he I think he did a good job. I think the I think Eddie was the best. I think he did the best at taking the kids' mannerisms, like the fast, frenetic yeah. kind of speech pattern and <laughs> like the facial expressions. Uh, even Stan, when you look at the guy who played Stan on his own, like outside, like during interviews, I was like, he doesn't look like the kid at all. But when they hit his little hair with the poof going to the side, <laughs> he did actually look a lot like Stan. Yeah, they did, did, did very well with that. I agree. So the the movie, I mean, the overall story is pretty much the same. They changed up from the original as well as the book. They kind of changed the the things that scare the kids. So in the book, the the book and the first miniseries, they kind of lined up with the same monsters and everything that people were afraid of. Although I don't remember seeing in the first movie the thing that scared Mike Hamblin. Did they show that? Uh, uh no. no, no, they did no. not. Yeah, and they I don't think they showed the thing for. Oh, no, they did show Ben in this one. They do change quite a bit from they the book. It backwards. It's like Mike uh, in the first one introduces them to the history of Derry. And in this one, it's uh, Ben that introduces them. Well, and, th- and that's how it is in the book as well. Ben is actually the one who's initially interested in the history because he's a nerd. And then actually it's <laughs> it's Bill who actually finds the book that has the ritual of Chud, which oh. is how they defeat it. Now they change it in this. So like in the book, it's basically just the battle of wills and it's called the ritual of Chud. And it's supposed to basically it, the idea of it, what he read was like you bite the other's tongue and then you tell riddles. And if one laughs, they lose. But it's basically just a battle of wills. In this, they had the ritual, but it was like just a bullshit ritual. Yeah. And that's the yeah, thing that they weird. changed quite a bit. Like Mike Hamblin is supposed to be a little crazy off. and a little off because he stayed in town. And which isn't really in the miniseries. In this, it's definitely there, but to the point where. Like, he's a legit crazy person. He's stealing from Native Americans. He <laughs> drugs his friends. He straight up lies to him about magic rituals that don't exist. It's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, he was supposed to be. It's, yeah, it's a little bit. All with <laughs> yeah, good, it's good just, intent, but he did right? stay in Derry. <laughs> he did. The other thing, and to go back to your guys' original thing, the tone being different, it did take me out of the movie sometimes. Like, it was too funny at certain points. I, yeah, I, I was I was just telling Alex earlier today, I, I was laughing way too much in this movie. And, like, I, I, I didn't mind it when it made sense. Like, when they're in, like, the Chinese restaurant before they start seeing the weird shit coming out of the, the fortune cookies, totally makes sense. And, like, some of the stuff when they're by themselves, 
cool but like they were making jokes as their friend eddie was dying in the thick of it yeah yeah, yeah and it just that didn't really make sense well, to me like the, I, there's like this one joke i think eddie got stabbed in the mouth and then he makes a joke to henry where he's like shave your mullet it's been 30 years i'm like but yeah it's funny but you got stabbed bro you're like <laughs> yeah it's not the right time and also like so eddie dies in all all three versions, the book, the miniseries, and this. And the miniseries was a little weird. Like, he just got picked up and dropped in this. <laughs> dropped and he, he gets died. stabbed. And he deserved it because he was showboating. Yeah, but That's he made a showboat. joke as he died. Like, <laughs> I fuck your mother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's in line with what they were doing throughout. Um, I did. I thought the ending of this movie actually was pretty solid. Like, it had I, I did multiple like how... endings, though. That's what threw me off. It, it felt like mean? it was going to end after the clown sequence. And then they had, like, another tying up moment with like oh they're all saying good the goodbyes okay we're gonna have another type moment with the letter i'm like well how many endings does this yeah and the, movie the, need to have? the letter isn't in the book like or in the other version like he just killed himself because he's a bitch and this they try to make it like stan was actually killing himself for the betterment of the team yeah which eh. uh, yeah they're trying to make him save face right right they and didn't, i don't feel they, like they didn't need to they do. make some major changes with mike as well uh, like mike was in the hospital like in the like in the miniseries like mike gets almost killed by henry bowers by, yeah he gets stabbed yeah and it, and he ends up in the hospital and this they're like well we'll just have him come along <laughs> which to me honestly from a narrative standpoint i kind of like better because it's kind of fucked up that the person who had to like suffer in living in that town forever just gets kind of like nerfed Left behind yeah and doesn't get to actually have the confrontation he's the one that the remembers everything and knows what's yeah. going on i mean it did make sense because he's the one that knew what the ritual was so right uh and like the whole and i kind of liked that they want they obviously wanted to bring the kids back a little bit and so they had these which which i can't remember if it was in the book or not but after they do split up for a little bit they, have their they each have another encounter, encounter with pennywise uh-huh. i don't think any of those encounters were in the first one no, they're not. They're yeah. definitely not in the first movie. I don't remember if they're in the book or not. I don't yeah. even remember the, inca- the the split being that long. I thought it was like really quick. It was like a quick beat. Yeah, I thought it was like hours. Yeah, they made it seem like, I think they said it was a month. Oh, shit. In this, like it was like about a month. Like we weren't together for the whole summer. And I, it goes from like July to August. So, you know, like, that could be a couple of weeks. The I mean, at that point, though, that, that makes it to what you said earlier about the, the other movie is like, if they're all split up, they'd, he definitely would have had a chance to kill them, and they should. Right, have and that's the and and even in this, it doesn't quite make sense why they're not. He's not able to. Yeah, well, he killed that kid in the hall of mirrors, and he killed the kid under the bleachers with like very good nothing, like, that, with no investment, almost no one. Elab- and that's the thing that doesn't make sense. They're they're not elaborate. Even like in the movie, opens up with this like hate crime of these like oh, yeah, hicks and dairy, yeah. uh, and that's how the book opens, and it's super intense. And they don't need to do it. Like Pennywise literally just picks up this man who's dying. And obviously he's afraid just because he had the shit beat out of him. And then he was right. thrown over um, a bridge. So, okay, I can get that that guy's afraid. So he's able to just pick him up and eat him. But, like, the little girl under the bleachers, like, he didn't do oh, anything that, other than lure her That broke her my in. heart, by the way. That was really sad. Uh, I, I couldn't. That, the whole, like, oh, look at my face. And then he's trying to, like, get her to relate to him. That, that... I thought that was a face painting thing because yeah, they I had like so the too. festival until she was said it like was something. a messed up superman <laughs> yeah i thought it was like a weird heart thing and i and i seen this movie already and i forgot <laughs> that that was a like a, a birthmark yeah birthmark disfigurement mark kind of like in um ready player one mm-hmm. with the the girlfriend but yeah i i don't understand why with all the non people like main characters he's able to just like show up as a clown and like just get them close and then he bites their face yeah. Like the girl wasn't really afraid of him at that point. She was like coming over because she thought that he was gonna blow her like the beauty mark off of his face. Her face. Yeah, but I think she got scared when he didn't say three. Right, but that's only like that's more like apprehension versus like full on fear. And same thing like with the kid and the 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 funhouse. That kid's terrified. I get it, but still, that was just him being the clown. And breaking, bashing his head against a piece of glass until yeah, it breaks. I'd like I'd be scared too. So I get it. like, why can't he do that with the others? And there's no reason why they were able to get away. Like the the one with Ben running around, like running away from Beverly with her hair caught on fire. He goes and hides in a locker, and Pennywise is in the locker. Like why did he wait so long to reveal himself? And then that one kind of makes sense because he took too long, and then he ends up being seen by a janitor, so it stops. But like the one with everybody else that they showed, there's really no reason that they should have got away. 
Yeah, a lot of the time he just stops moving and laughs. For no reason. Like, when he goes against Richie, when he takes the form of the giant, like, Paul Bunyan statue, <laughs> that was he just stops. Now, now, Richie, to an extent, does say, like, this isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real, but you can tell he's terrified and doesn't maybe necessarily believe it. But that one I can almost buy. But, like, everybody else's, it just stops. Except for Eddie. Eddie, uh, Eddie choked out that leopard. Well, no, he did that as an adult. Oh, I'm talking about as a kid. Wait, what? Oh, he ran away. Oh, yeah, yeah. From, yeah uh, he just ran away. So, like, yeah, the leper was going to infect his mom, and he's trying to, like, save his mom in this yeah, vision. Yeah. Oh, did you guys notice that the mom was the same, was the yeah. same actress yeah. as his wife? Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't notice yeah. that. And that's, that's on purpose because in the book, he marries somebody who's exactly like his, his mother. Yeah. So that, that, I did like that, that, that attention to detail that they did that. But, yeah, it still bothers me that they, they were so easy. They, did, they just had plot armor, essentially. Yeah. And then it wasn't even once they were, like, confronting the giant monstrous form of, you know, it was half spider, half clown. There's no way, like, that thing is so big and so fast. Like, how are they able to outrun it? And how are they, like, able to dodge its attacks without even seeing it? And <laughs> it just, once again, it's plot armor until they needed to kill a character. And then they kill Eddie. Yeah. Poor Eddie. Yeah. And, don't, and like, I'm saying very, I'm sounding very negative about this. I, I very much enjoyed this movie. Yeah, no, I did too. I mean, I've enjoyed, I don't know. It's hard to say, actually. That both parts were good in their own respect, but they were, like like we said, different tones it's, it's on i i personally i feel like for the first one it is a really good horror movie with like some comedy inside of it the i like this part too but it's 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 different like i i think the horror the jump scares were more predictable like i can definitely feel oh they're setting up like there's this empty space yeah. right here something's right. gonna pop up and something good. i do agree that the the part with the kids i feel like they put more effort into that one and just reading some like interview stuff and reading some behind the scenes stuff. It definitely seems that way. And I got to say the, I, I definitely went back and watched the, the part one again. And I, I think I said at the top of the episode that that movie like kind of fucked me up initially. Cause you know, there was a point when I wanted to be a pediatrician and you know, I taught fifth grade math for a little bit for my internship. So I, for me seeing kids get hurt is the worst possible thing. And that movie is brutal. Like, you see Georgie crawling around without an arm for several seconds and he's like clearly in pain. And then you see them, him bite off a girl's head. And then you see him like, you see a girl's body hanging without any legs and Mm -hmm. you see a bunch of dead bodies at the end of the movie. And when they're fighting it for in part one, when they just beat the shit out of it with like baseball bats and like steel (laughs) rods, um, which I think is kind of funny that they just like beat the shit out of it. Uh, you see Ben gets like picked up, scratched and thrown and you yeah. see like blood splatter. You see a point where Stan gets his face bitten and then he, to the point where he has to have bandages around his face, but he just literally has like teeth marks all the way around <laughs> his face at certain points. And so it's it's like super graphic. Like I feel like this the, the part 2 wasn't as bad. No, there like, was a lot of like blood squirting stuff, but that Right, but like when the kid gets his head bit off in the maze like you yeah. just the screen just goes red. Like you just see a splat. Yeah. Like you don't actually see it happen. And the same thing. Like when the little girl gets her head bitten off under the bleachers, it just goes to black. Like you just see him lunge, and that's it. Like it. Yeah. It's almost like the head's getting eaten in venom. Like you just see the like you just see the mouth open, and that's it. So like in some regards, this isn't as bad, but it's still. I don't know. Like I, the first one wasn't as gnarly as I remembered, but I think they put more effort into the scares, like. The garage scene, scene, oh, all oh, the garage scenes, incredible. It, the best, like that, that it is the best. It's, it wrecks up the intensity of that scare. Because well, like, on that scene, the kids didn't know that was going to happen, so they filmed that, and that was the first time that they had ever seen oh, Pennywise. Really? <laughs> yeah, so that was like not a hundred percent expected. That's so those the scares were genuine. <laughs> that's awesome. One of the but other yeah, things the, that I the whole, oh go ahead that definitely. whole scene like with Super the intense. slides coming through just built up and then coming out of the screen oh that was so good like how it zooms in on Georgie yeah. and then it zooms in on his his mom and the mom turning into Pennywise and then Pennywise jumping out of the projector so fucked that was pretty gnarly the other thing that I thought was really cool and they did this as a combination of digital and um, practical effects is when they're in the well house there's a point where they open up the refrigerator and this is when they were kids it was in part one. Um, Pennywise contorts and twists uh-huh. out of the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they actually had Bill Skarsgård 
on wires and stuff and the wires like twisted and pulled him out and then they they kept his face and his head and then they cg'd to like lengthen his arms and a lot you know kind of elaborate <laughs> on his like the twisty <laughs> movements mm-hmm. like that's such a cool and creepy shot and i feel like there was a lot more of that kind of stuff in part one definitely like I- although the head the stanley uris head in part two is pretty gnarly that was that was cool like I liked out it, of the actually. thing yeah that was pretty cool and i like because I basically watched these movies back to back again, so I watched part one yesterday morning, and then I went to the movies in the evening and saw part two again. I like that the three doors thing, where it's not scary at all, scary, yeah. very scary. <laughs> in part one, they open one up, and you see just like the little girl's body hanging with no legs. And then in part two, they open up the same door, and you see just the legs. Yeah. So that you know that that attention to detail, like that's something that if you, I feel like I really only noticed because I watched them. Yeah, the there was a lot day. of stuff. Like the leper was the same leper every time, right? Yeah. The that leper is cool. gnarly. <laughs> and one of the things I thought was interesting about this, and I remember the CGI being worse, and like it's, but it kind of works because it's like fantasy dream sequence kind of things. But the the leper design was really cool. The headless was the headless boy instead of a mummy for Ben. Like there, I liked that too. Like when like Ben's looking at the book, and he just keeps flipping through the book, and he just keeps zooming in on a tree, and then eventually you just see a kid's head in the tree. Yeah. So then when he first encounters Pennywise, it's just a headless boy. Hmm. I thought it was kind of cool. So like, there's certain things that this did really, really well, and drastically different from the book and the miniseries. Like they completely changed the monsters. There's no real. Like there's no mummy, which is was a consistent in the other versions. The thing that I thought was interesting is how drastically different Eddie's character was co- between the two, the miniseries and the cinematic one. Because I mean, they kept the same, like, like the humor, sure, the, yeah. But I mean, like when you watch the miniseries, the Seth Green version, like he's kind of like Bill's supposed to be the leader, which he, Bill is definitely the leader in this right. version. But I feel like Eddie was more kind of took more of a leadership role in the orig- in the miniseries. You mean, you mean Richie? Richie? Oh, sorry. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richie. I Richie. apologize. Yeah, Richie. The comedian. Yeah, like played by Seth Green. Like he's like, he's the one that's like, this isn't real. Bill, that's not real. Hey, Bev, that's not real. And the werewolf grabs him. Yeah, I said, this isn't real. And then this version, he was kind of more of the pussy in the movie until the end. And then for whatever reason, Eddie's just the one that just doesn't react. And it makes more sense that Eddie is the person who's afraid and he kind of freezes when Stan Uris's head uh, is attacking yeah, everybody. Yeah. But Eddie was, or Richie was the one who was like most vocally afraid. Yeah. Which I well, thought was interesting. I like, feel like he was just trying to have that comedic relief to make light. No, but I mean, like, he was the one who was trying, like, he was the one, like, fuck this, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he goes to the hotel and Ben is trying to convince him to stay. And Ben comes, like, okay, stay. And then he sneaks out the back. So he's the one who's constantly trying to get away. He's the one who like freaks out and yells at the little kid. Yeah, he tried to leave as an adult a bunch of times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As and a then, and then he oh, and as a kid, that's right. He left as the yeah. kid too. He was the one that like caused the schism. Right. Yeah. yeah so, punched in the face by Bill. Yeah. So that was that was kind of interesting how Richie was drastically different between the two versions. And I. I'd say the Richie in the in the movie is more accurate to the book, I think, but I don't really remember. Hmm. Any any highlights you guys want to bring up before we kind of start wrapping? Now I, I do want to spend like a some time discussing the two Pennywises in detail. Um, I do have a question for you though because you read the book. How is did they defeat? Because like Listen. how they defeated the the monster, I find kind of uh, lackluster Strange. because like they realize how they defeat them in the as kids is the same way they defeat them as adults. They realize oh we don't believe. And, in well, them. the thing is they did and they didn't. So in the in the kid as the kids they just realize okay they just can't be afraid. Right, but they can't. Yeah, and this they they force him. They do more of a bet, like they they just like we're not afraid, so they beat the shit out of him, and it kind of hurts him. But they don't finish the job. In this version, they realize that their mental state not it's not just about being afraid that they can force it into a shape. So it's closer. So in the book, it is really like it is just like a battle of wills. Like it is like Bill just like is saying that like the the poem that he has that uh-huh. helps defeat his stutter. Like he just repeats that over and over and over again. And yeah, they didn't it, address his stutter in part two, did they? It like he it has it come back, back every once in yeah, a while. That, that was it. I mean, he, but that was he, about he had it. it, but he didn't talk about it. And they they didn't have like the whole Bev and uh, Bill thing really as adults. Like in they had that in one this, kiss, they had that one kiss before she remembered that it's been. But in the book, in the even in part one, she realized like right before they were gonna fight Pennywise, 
that um, Ben was the one who wrote it, and she just forgot that he was the one who wrote it. So I kind of liked that. They did change Bill's thing with his wife. Like, his wife's kind of a bitch in this one, and that's <laughs> not I kept how expecting her to come back, be. but no. Yeah, and they, well, and they didn't have anything with her husband, really. I did like how they had, um, like, a zombie, um, one of the gang members came back as, like, a zombie to drive oh, Henry yeah, around. That was great. Patrick or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> and gave him his knife. Yeah, and so, like, little things like that I liked. Like, that's not in the book, but I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. Um, let's see. I'm just going through and reading my notes and see if there's anything I want to talk about before we hit. I like the, uh, Henry Bowers in this version. Oh yeah. This version, he's like <laughs> fucking crazy. It's weird that they made his dad a cop because his dad was supposed to be this like racist farmer in the original that killed, uh, Ben Hanscom's do- or Mike Hanscom's dog and like killed, uh, a bunch of chickens and on Mike, um, uh, Hanscom's not Mike, why am I saying Mike, Han- Mike Hamlin's dog and like Mike Hamlin's chicken. So that was a little interesting that his dad was a cop. Uh, I did kind of like how the, like their whole way to bring the kids into the movie was they had to go back and find a talisman, which is in the book that they had to like go back and remember. So they had to go find a place that was special to them. But I, I, I wish like... that was like more said. <laughs> oh, yeah, Horcruxes. Uh, it's more set up in the first one though. Like hey, th- like you know, like oh, this is silver put more emphasis on silver and the other things but like i felt like it was just yeah. kind of well and that's where i think the first movie miniseries did well too with like that this is battery acid and then the them using silver because they think silver has mystical properties for killing monsters so that because they believe that silver hurts monsters it does hurt <laughs> anyway so they didn't really do that in this and that's where the big thing with pennywise is supposed to be wants them to come back as adults because he their imaginations aren't going to be as strong. And so they're supposed to be, and the kids don't do that at all, where the whole, this is acid, this is silver, this will hurt you guys. Like, they literally just beat the shit out of them. Right. <laughs> and they don't do that. So it kind of makes less sense that the adults are like, well, well, we'll just imagine you your other things. Like, there's no setup for that. Mm. Other than, uh, like, a weird thing that Eddie said where it was like, when, I, when he was the leper, I could choke him and I could feel him, I can hurt him. So they're like, oh, well, if we make him small, then we can hurt him. So it's kind of like a bullshit line of dialogue that realized yeah. they can do that. But I really liked all the shit as adults too, where they had like, you know, Bev filling up that thing with blood, the bathroom stall, and then Ben was getting separate. buried. Yeah, that was um, cool. I liked all I, of that. Dude, it was fucking gnarly. Like Bill having, Bill killed uh, Georgie and himself in like this weird fantasy <laughs> sequence. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the blood stall, the, 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 uh, Buried alive, the three yeah. doors. Those are all the, all the really old cool. lady sequence is still the best. It was creepy. Ugh. Well, that was, was fun. That was the first trailer where they basically just yeah. showed the whole thing. that scene, yeah. and it's just like her creepy. weird little rocky walk. <laughs> Even that was kind of fucked up. Like, why did she stay? <laughs> <laughs> like, she got her tiles, but she could have just left. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know. Left. I would have uh, left when she said she's gonna go get those cookies. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I, and I, I really like that scene with the shower caps where Richie's like. I, we don't. We're not afraid of spiders. And then the camera pans. They're all wearing the the shower caps since they're in that little underground tunnel yeah. for their clubhouse. I thought that was pretty clever and funny. But I do want to talk about Pennywise. Uh, which which version of Pennywise did you guys like better? The movie. It depends on <laughs> what aspect of Pennywise we're talking about. I'd say if you had to give him an overall like overall rating had, of Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, which one would tough. you go for? I have. I know which one I prefer. Definitely the movie. <laughs> Yeah, the movie. I think what I really liked about this one is it was less monotone. Like the Tim Curry one basically just did that like weird New York guy, like, hello, Georgie, and like had the same voice pretty much the whole time, except for like when he was about to get defeated. He's like, I'm the destroyer of worlds. Like he was pretty much the same all around. But this one with Bill Skarsgård, like him moving his eyes in opposite directions, which is something that the actor can actually do. That wasn't CG or anything. Um, (laughs) He, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name right now? The guy who plays adult uh, Richie, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. He, that the <laughs> Bill Skarsgård did that on set and freaked the fuck out of Bill Hader because he didn't know that that was real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what I really appreciate, I read this in an interview, but they were saying that the the kid who played Georgie in the original one was like super afraid of Tim Curry, and he told Tim like Tim, you're scaring me, and Tim Curry was like good kind of thing. So. He went a little method with it, but it turns out like all the kids really liked Bill Skarsgård in the in the newer version. Like he would tell jokes and he was funny, and I think there's something to that. Like I don't like this whole like 
trend with uh, actors being method. Yeah. Because it's like you're you're an actor. Like you should like your whole job is to pretend. You should be able to do it without all the crew having yeah, to you call you the actual name. And it's kind of unhealthy to like not be able to do that. And to an extent, like I understand uh, like Daniel Day Lewis when he did the Phantom Thread, like he wanted to learn how to make a dress. So when he's sewing on the movie, like it looks like he's know what he's doing. Cool. I understand if an actor's playing like a rock star that they want to learn how to do a few chords. So it looks like they're playing the guitar a little bit more, you know, authentically. But like the ones with like Jared Leto only answering to the Joker and shit like that, <laughs> like that's kind of fucked up and weird. And that's if you have to go to that dark place to be able to do it, there's something wrong with you. But I like that Bill Skarsgård didn't do that. But what I liked about his Pennywise is he wasn't monotone. Like when he when he's getting Georgie, you know, he's like he does like his voice goes deep and it goes high and is like we've got popcorn pop 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 pop. Like yeah. he he has some fluctuations in his demeanor and you know he yells and screams and he gets dark and then he gets funny. <laughs> I just think that makes a more compelling villain yeah yeah i mean especially for what he is adapting to each situation i think that right very well and same thing with the little girl like oh like he pretends to cry he's like well people think i'm ugly and then she's like people laugh at me too he's like do they like he he showed like genuine excitement like he was trying like he was really trying to lure this person in caricature like a clown yeah essentially which is is great yeah Yeah. which is makes sense and i i do think his design is way creepier with like the victorian kind of garb yeah uh, his, and I really like that his, scene when he like puts the like he's like a human and then he puts like the oh, white dude, paint was, and then he like scratches great. his face open. Yeah, that was my favorite Pennywise. That was scene. great. <laughs> the the body language that the the Bill does for this character is really good. Like you can, the, I forgot there's a sequence, but like he's in the background doing something and it's just like the way he moves is just really creepy and eerie. And I feel like he really embodies that character, which is what makes him great. Um, yeah, well, what I like about him as well, in an interview, he was talking about when he went to do the audition for this, he had to go in clown makeup for like one of his like callbacks. <laughs> and he's like driving around Los Angeles and like face paint <laughs> as a clown. And he just recognized the absurdity of it. He's like, that's the business. Like, here I am dressed as a clown, but that's essentially what I'm doing is I'm clowning around in Los Angeles for the job. Like, he understands that this is his job is absurd and the character's absurd. And so he, he like he has a much better like grasp mentally <laughs> what you should be doing but overall i really enjoyed these i i don't get from all three versions the movie the book and this like why it was so easy for the losers to get out of trouble like it really is just plot armor and anytime someone does die it's just because stephen king wants someone to die like it just it didn't i don't feel like anybody's death was really earned from the main characters hmm. but uh what do, you, what do you guys think? Should this have been made, been remade? Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed all the cinematic features of this remake. Yeah, and I think that it did enough different from the miniseries. Like, the miniseries covered a lot more of the weird stuff. I think this, I did like how this had some of the stuff for the town. Like, the miniseries didn't do any of the stuff with, like, the town, like, the, the hate crime or anything like that. It showed one victim who wasn't one of the, the main characters. So I do kind of like that. I don't like that this one... Wait, that... It I didn't it just builds it just shows the hate crime but it doesn't I don't feel like it had like a resolve to it though like it wasn't yeah, a that's, message this or... one did a little bit better with the uh, like when um Ben is gonna get his like stomach carved up and somebody just drives by mm-hmm. I think they did yeah, a yeah. better job with that and then I guess I guess the only thing I didn't like about this one was the whole Bill trying to like save that kid like that's not in the book. If Which he had saved fine. the kid, I would have enjoyed it. If he had saved the kid, or if he like became like a uh, like a fugitive, like if Pennywise if like they, framed oh, him yeah, yeah. for the kid's murder, that would be interesting as well. Like they had to like do- like dodge the police and get where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. But like ultimately, this kid gets killed, and he just leaves this kid's body in a maze <laughs> and walks off. Like it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like and all he's concerned is with like nobody that, likes the ending of his books. That kid, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that joke kind of got tiring though. It did, and yeah, it was just like I don't know. Like I don't think Bill was given done justice, like in either version. I think Bill as a kid was good, yeah, but I don't think adult Bill was good in either version. All and I, I don't get me wrong. Like I, I James love James McAvoy uh, is amazing. James, yeah, I think James McAvoy is a really underrated actor. I do like his American accent because most British people, when they go to American, they just get their make their voice a little deeper, like Benedict Cumberbatch. 
where he makes his voice go higher and slightly whinier as American. Like he does it a little <laughs> higher in this and also in um like Wanted. His voice is really kind of high and whiny. Well, I mean, that was the character in Wanted too. He was yeah, but it's also like even once he gets confident, like there's a point when um he kills his first mark when he's on the train and he kills that guy in the office and he's like, or no, he's in the car and the car flips over and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and kills the guy. Like, like I just think it's funny that James McAvoy's American accent is like high-pitched. Like higher than his regular voice, when compared to like his child, because they were like, "I don't want your future." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I think we were unanimous that this was a a good remake and something that was definitely worthwhile. I, liked it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Remake Rewind. We're no longer on Podcoin because Podcoin's been shut down. What? <laughs> I just got the email from that the other day saying that it's shut down. So. Fuck Podcoin. <laughs> Rip. Uh, but listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, the same thing, Stitcher, and Google Play. We're also on YouTube. Check out our other great podcasts, Ruined by Childhood. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Later. See ya.